What's up, everything? It's Thursday, October 26th, and that means it's time for Halloween. We've got all sorts of scary topics for our 13th episode, like the ascendance of Darth Jaden, a frightening overtime loss in Las Vegas, and a ghoulishly good performance last night against the Calgary Flames. We've got a spooky show coming up for you, so let's get started and let's go blues. Welcome back, everyone, to the Two Guys No Cup podcast. It is almost Halloween, unbelievably, and Ian lazily refused to make a new Halloween theme that you just listened to <laughs> with no warning and none of the technical equipment necessary, because he doesn't love you, the fan. <laughs> you would think in today's day and age there'd be a filter you could put music <laughs> through that just like, this makes it spooky music. <laughs> But alas, that's, there is not. That's one one use of the word spooky. Maybe two. Maybe I did one in the intro. We've yeah. got a spooky counter. Keep a running tally. Yeah, uh, it is. Uh, we are going to have a, a little bit of Halloween fun today. Uh, Ian has a list of Halloween words that he found from a very reputable site on the internet. And uh, he's going to deploy those throughout the show on occasion. Alarming. That's our first Halloween <laughs> Alarming. word. Alarming. A very Halloween word. Uh yeah, are you excited for the holiday that is next Tuesday? I am, but as a child, I was not a big Halloween kid, and it kind of carried over into adulthood. I enjoy Halloween in general, but I still get a little anxious about it. I don't know why. As I kind of feel that. As a kid, I didn't like people in masks. I was like, who's this? Who's that? <laughs> who are you? Who are you? Also, who are you dressed as? So yeah, it was very, yeah. It was a very confusing time I, for me. Uh, <laughs> I feel the same way. There's like a weird anxiety about handing candy to little seven years year olds. You know, yeah. it's like, don't come to my door. We don't can, do this. We can talk about that. I don't know what to say to a small <laughs> child when I'm handing them candy, especially when their parent is like yeah. right there. I'm like, what are you? But I know you're a Power Ranger. But if I go, hey, a Power Ranger, they just kind of stare at you. Uh-huh. The parent too, they're like, yeah. That's what he is. <laughs> Give him the candy. I feel like us two being like mid-20s, we're at that weird age where we're not really like parents. You know, I mean, we're yeah. not, but like, we're not <laughs> like, we're old enough to be weird to kids, but not old enough for our weirdness to be like expected because we're adults sort mm-hmm. of thing. I don't know. Maybe that's in my head. But no, uh, no, I feel the same way. It's like, it's awkward. I'm just you can't do the trick or treat thing. So in St. Louis, if any of you listening are not from St. Louis, we found out that this is apparently a largely local tradition, mm-hmm. where in St. Louis, trick-or-treat actually means something. The idea is that you do a trick, usually you say a joke of some kind, to get the Halloween candy, the treat, mm-hmm. uh, as a reward. And I've gone to other places when I went to college we asked some kid coming through the dorms to tell us a joke and he just stared at us like we were from <laughs> Neptune You're and demanding something from And him. I was in college like in northern Missouri so it's not like a Missouri thing Yeah it was just strange but yeah so Well to be fair it's not trick then treat 
It's trick or treat. That's true. That's so true. when they do the trick, you should really be like, well, thanks. And then close the <laughs> you door. You <should laughs> trick. See ya. <laughs> uh, you do have what I think is a brilliant and fun costume idea this year. Do you want to tell people about that? Oh, it's just, well, there's Ash Ketchum from Pokemon. He's uh, the one that owns Pikachu. And he's got to catch them all, right? He's got to catch them all. But at this point in his life, because he started out at 10, you would think at 27, my uh, age, that he's caught them all. Uh-huh. So I'm going as Ash caught them all, <laughs> which is really just a skeevy-looking older Ash Ketchum that's kind of over it and really a lot more into, like, Silver Sun pickups <laughs> and I, woodworking. I personally love this costume idea. Uh, I'm growing out this grimy old stash for it. I think it's hilarious. I love costumes like that that are like funny and plays on words. I hate the costumes that are like I'm going as generic clown or monster or whatever, you know. Uh, My costume this year, which is what it is every year, is guy who really likes Halloween but not enough to dress (laughs) up for it. Uh, As you know from coming over here, my house is bedazzled in all sorts of Halloween lights and decorations, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to, like, put on a costume or anything. You're the type that's going to, like, wipe your brow when it's over and be like, oh, I enjoyed this holiday, but thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's mostly, I like the lights, uh, candy's awesome, and I like Halloween music. Mm. It's an excuse to listen to Thriller every day for, like, three weeks straight, so that's always good. Um (laughs) I like in, like, The Office, where uh, Jim Halpert goes as, like, three-hole punch Jim, mm-hmm. and he's just himself with, like, three black dots placed, pasted on his uh, uh. uniform. I like that. Uh, that's my kind of costume. Just very low effort. Uh, but I won't even be making that little effort this year, as far as I know. Uh, so, yeah. So, other than it being Halloween, um, we have blues things to talk about as well, surprisingly, on this <laughs> hockey podcast. Uh, most notably, we've got the torrid start of Jaden Schwartz, or Darth Jaden, as I called him in the uh, in the intro. Both because it's Halloween and Darth, uh, you know, Sith people are spooky, and because we, as, as we established last week, D- Jaden Schwartz is a diva, <laughs> which is not based on fact at all. Uh, yeah, so let's talk about this guy and his incredible start to the year. He has. 14 points in 10 games, as I think we all expected. Mm-hmm. Seven goals and seven assists. Uh, he has a 28% shooting percentage, which is very high on 25 shots. Oh, yeah. Um, but I don't think it's, like, inflatedly high. Like, he's he's taking really smart shots, mm-hmm. you know, so he's putting himself in places to get not easy goals in the sense of, like... Yeah, he's definitely working for him. Yeah, but... The work is before the shot, not after, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he has just two power play points, which is bad on the one hand. I guess you'd want to see him get more on the power play, but mm-hmm. it's really impressive that he's doing all of this even strength. Um, what do you think about his start and if it can continue and just anything about Jaden Schwartz? I think the start is definitely a marker for him improving this year. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he'll continue at, what did we figure out, 1.4 points per game? Yeah. I mean, that puts him at something not, I guess not quite, because 10 isn't quite. Yeah. It's not a Over one. They put him over one Look, I'm bad game. at math. I was an English major for a reason, because I'm not very smart. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't think he'll be even a point-per-game player, but we figured out his, his highest point total in a season was 63. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking he can get that 
I'd say you get that for sure. Maybe 70? I'd say 70 is your goal. I don't think you're shooting for anything over that, but I think he gets 60 if he continues this for sure. And like we've mentioned probably four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times before, Jaden Schwartz kind of is, I don't know, maybe the rudder to this team mm-hmm. and kind of the way he goes, he's kind of pushing the team that way. I think it just helps from a point perspective, how many points he gets, but also from a work ethic perspective, he's definitely like tenacious on the forecheck. Yeah. Um, I went to the game last night, the Calgary game, and he was noticeable every shift that he was on the ice, him and Braden Shen. I think that's a really great duo. They're still looking good together. I think it's just growing. The chemistry's growing there, mm. and I think it's allowing him to be a little more confident. I don't know. I mean, he played with Paul Stasny and Tarasenko last year, but for some reason it feels like this is his line, mm-hmm. and that's what I like that's a lot fair. about it. I think because he's the established like blue player on there, mm-hmm. you know, and he's really, I mean, he's taken over this year. I was right. My math isn't as bad as I thought. It's it's a 1.4 point <laughs> Congratulations. If he continues at this pace, he will finish the season with 114 points, which I think we all assume. Realistic. Realistic. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think not, I think there's no surprise on the one hand that Jaden Schwartz, like, I don't think this is anything wildly unexpected from him. Mm-hmm. He's obviously on a hot streak. Like, we can separate that from the reality that he's an improved player. And... Um, I think I've seen some, we've seen some folks on like message boards and stuff who are on the one hand saying, which this is just wildly inaccurate, saying things like, well, it's really all Shin and Tarasenko doing the work and he's just like mm. capitalizing like, on it. Like just watch the game. <laughs> which is not, I mean, that's just not arguable. He's, no. He's putting himself in brilliant positions, even if they're doing the work of like getting mm. the puck to him. He's already in the place from which he can score, you know? And then there are other people who I think, well, who I'll see that say something like, well, he's just not been this good a player in the past. There's still this or that flaw in his game. I just don't think Mm -hmm. he can be this good. And, yes, he can't be 114 points in a season good because it's not the Wayne Gretzky era anymore. (laughs) Because you're not Connor McDavid, yeah. And even Connor doesn't quite hit that, you know. So, like... On the one hand, yes, he can't be this good forever. But on the other hand, like I was saying, I think there's, like, you can level up, if you'll let me use that, like, gaming term. You Mm -hmm. can level up and ride a heater at the same time and have them both be authentic. So, Mm -hmm. like, he can be, he can have taken a massive stride forward as a player and also be on a hot streak to open the season. So, you know, we see him cool off from this pace. But like you said, still finish with 65, 70 points. Not that I'm saying even that is fairly to be expected. But, mm. you know, over 50 at this rate, you would hope. <laughs> I mean, yeah. barring injury, you would hope at least over 50. So, yeah, I think this is just, I think we've said for a long time that Jaden Schwartz, I mean, we talked about it in the preseason a little bit about how we thought Jaden Schwartz was kind of like, you know, the linchpin of the team in some ways because you know Tarasenko's going to be Tarasenko. And as we've said multiple times, if Tarasenko gets hurt or for some reason just has a, you know, 14-goal season, you're screwed anyway. (laughs) Like, your ship sunk. (laughs) So, yes, the team is on his back, but it's on his back in a different way. 
Whereas I think Schwartz and to a certain extent other players around his level like Shin and and uh, Stastny and Petrangelo, those guys are the guys that depending on if they play extremely well mm-hmm. versus just good, you know, that's the difference between us being a, a playoff team and like a cup contender, you know. And so far they've played extremely well. And I think we can move on to talking about the other cop topic uh, that we wanted to talk about before we went into the games, which is Alex Petrangelo's uh, continuing incredible start to the season. Um, I think, so So far he has 12 points. He's second on the team behind Schwartz. Uh, four goals and eight assists. His plus minus, which is a archaic stat that I hate, but <laughs> it's still there, is four, plus four, so that's good. And he's got four power play points. Um, so he's taking a ton of shots too. He's leading the team, I think, with shots still 38. Oh, really? Yeah. He's been doing that wow. all season. Tarasenko is at 36 and he's at 38. It is deceptive to see him shoot now. It's yeah. to the point that when I see him going in and I'm not reading the number, or I'm mm-hmm. not quite paying attention. I'm like, who's that? And mm-hmm. then they'll score or they'll turn around. I'm like, holy cow, that's Petrangelo. Yeah, absolutely. So there's been a lot of talk and now it's starting to be rumbling in the national media about, this guy's having a Norris caliber season, and obviously you're only 10 games in. You don't want to crown him quite yet, you know, mm-hmm. but um, what do you think about the idea that this could be a Norris trophy that, that's uh, Defensive Player of the Year, the one of the NHL's top honors, their top mm-hmm. defensive honor? Uh, what do you think about the idea that this could be that kind of a season for Petrangelo, a guy who we've always known is a stalwart defensive player, mm. but maybe, again, is, is he maybe leveling up to keep using that term like <laughs> Petrangelo is, or some Halloween term yeah. that is appropriate. I, I think... It's a baddie how good he's doing this yeah. Oh, let me hold on. Before we talk about Petrangelo, we got to hit all these Halloween vocabulary <laughs> words. He's uh, hobgoblin up points. <laughs> That's, That's pretty good. That's pretty That's good. wonderful, yes. Um, I think Petrangelo looks amazing. And like you alluded to, we know what he can do defensively. Yeah. He's probably one of the best defensemen, just stick work alone. I've, I want people that are listening or Blues fans just to pay attention to when he goes into you know, our own defensive zone into the corner and how often he comes away with the puck, like unscathed. He'll take a guy in, he'll just plop it out from in between that guy's skating the boards and he's away with it. Mm-hmm. And he has a really good first pass too. So without Petrangelo, I think back there we're, we're completely sunk because he just looked, he's so good at getting the puck back. But on top of that, he's producing now this year. Like we said, he's got four goals, eight assists in 10 games that ties him for second most in 10 games of any blue. I think there's two players tied for 13 points in 10 mm-hmm. games. So it's still an amazing pace. And I think this is something that we actually saw coming. Maybe we didn't actually see it coming because we forgot. But if you go, <laughs> but if you go back to uh, last year, it's all our fault. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, if you go back to last year, in his first sixty games, and this is significant because this is before we traded Shattenkirk. Mm-hmm. So Shattenkirk got a lot of the power play time. He's a little more focused on the offensive zone. I think we deployed Petrangelo a lot more as maybe a two way defenseman. Not that we don't now, but he most certainly wasn't relied on for scoring. Mm-hmm. In 60 games, he had 9 goals, 21 assists, so that's 30 points, and then 11 of those points were on the power play. 
and then we traded Shaddy about the 60-game mark. And in the last 20 games of last year, Petrangelo had five goals, 13 assists for 18 points. So that's 18 points in 20 games, and eight of those points were on the power play. So that's like a huge uptick in production yeah. per game yeah. in the end. And granted, like Shattenkirk being gone, he just has to fill that role. Mm-hmm. But you can make any defenseman try to fill a role right. or go, oh, we'll just platoon anyone right. out there. But Petrangelo went out there, and he's just as good as he's always been on both sides of the puck, and he can score. Right. I think this would be if he won this Norris Trophy, and I know it's a Blues fan saying this, but I think it would be maybe one of the most deserving defensemen mm-hmm. to win it because I don't watch Brent Burns and Eric Carlson that closely, but those are just offensive juggernauts, and that's yeah. why they win. Yeah, I think without... Without crapping on either of those guys, I don't think there's any... Or Victor Hedman, for that matter. I don't think there's any Mm. question that if Petrangelo produced the offensive numbers that those guys produced, he'd be an unparalleled good defenseman. Because neither of those... (laughs) None of those guys... Hedman... He's close. Probably followed by Carlson and then a big step back to Burns. Mm -hmm. No offense, but some offense. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I mean... None of those guys have anywhere near the defensive talent that Petrangelo has. And I'm a big backer of I'm I'm kind of against the idea that the defenseman with the most points wins the Norris Trophy yeah. now because I don't think that's how it sh- is intended to be there. I mean, that's why they have Rocket Richard trophies and um you know, MVP trophies, but um yeah, I think I think, as you were mentioning Shattenkirk and that trade, I think maybe Petrangelo always had this potential in him. Exactly. And it was just not the role he role he was put in. I mean, obviously he did, because it's not like yeah, Shattenkirk yeah. left his magic powers with him. Although, <laughs> judging by the Rangers' performance, maybe he did. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's just cool to see him step into that role where he is the quarterback of the power play. And he's still the captain and the defensive mm. talent. And I've been saying for a long time that as great as Vladimir Tarasenko is, Petrangelo is the underrated superstar of this team in terms of, like, if I had to get rid of either of those guys, I'd probably let Tarasenko go first. I know. It's, it sounds it's weird to say, but it's, but like, yeah. You, you can manufacture 40 goals from two really good players, it's not the same. I'm not saying that mm-hmm. at all. But you can sort of do that. You can't get like a stonewall defenseman, top mm-hmm. line, 25, 30-minute guy. There's a reason a lot of teams try yeah. and build from the net out and the second right. thing after exactly. just a halfway dependable goalie as a number one defenseman. Right. So I, I do I do want to mention, because uh, you, you brought it up to me, but Jer- Jeremy Rutherford, the Blues former <laughs> beat reporter at uh, STL Today, but now with The Athletic, uh, kind of laid the smackdown on a fan about this. Uh, this will probably get brought up later, too, in the terrifying tweet of the week. Uh, <laughs> um, but a, a fellow named Connor, at uh, Koivu on Twitter, so uh, use that for what you will. Um, <laughs> he says, his bio says, Wild Lightning and Finn Balor enthusiast. So he likes pro wrestling and two NHL teams, which is not... You can't just do just that. different ones. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess Gross. at least they're different conferences. Anyway, not to pick on Connor, although we will plenty. Um, <laughs> he says, with, all, with periods between every word, uh, points don't determine 
the best defenseman in the NHL. And he's responding to Jeremy Rutherford saying, Petrangelo tied for uh, the NHL lead in goals by defensemen and alone at the top of in points, 12. It's early, but he's off to a Norris-like start. And uh, Rutherford responded to this tweet, when, with periods between all of them again, <laughs> when you are as sound as they come defensively and then increase offense, it does, which I think is exactly the point we were trying to make of just, if, if Petrangelo had just been great defensively, he would have continued to be snubbed for the Norris. And I'm again, a lot of season left. I want, you know, with yeah, all those disclaimers in mind, this is a very, very early conversation, but, um, yeah, I mean, with, if he'd just been the defensive stalwart, nobody would be talking about him for the Norris. It's the idea that he added points to that game, and we haven't seen any discernible drop in his defensive play that really makes it impressive. And I think you said, you know, very des- very deserving if he won it. I think, honestly, I would even take that a step farther where if he continues anything like this pace, let's say he finishes with 60-plus points. Mm-hmm which isn't even this pace, but is, you know, pretty impressive. If he does anything like this and doesn't win the Norris, it would be a travesty. I mean, it really, I mean, it would be robbery if they gave it to a Carlson just because Carlson I mean, had yeah. 65 points. That's what I mean. If he's close in points to those guys, unless they've, you know, turned a new leaf and are just great defensively, you're right. Yeah. It would just be like, come on, man. This yeah. guy, This guy puts everything on the line. He's short of being your best, like, the quintessential defenseman just because he doesn't throw a hip check, you know, every, like, two shifts. Yeah, I guess that's the big difference, but I, <laughs> I'm doubting Carlson does that either. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so Schwartz and uh, Petrangelo are two players definitely to watch going forward, and I think the the fate of the Blues will ride, rise and fall on the tides of their oceans or some metaphor that I lost in the middle. We're going we're gonna <laughs> to ride the wave. Hang, uh, hang to him. Spooky. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a devilish ride. Oh, there we go. Perfect. Uh, I love it. Uh, so let's talk about the two matchups. Had kind of a longer introductory segment this time because we only have two matchups to talk about. Uh, but first we have the Vegas Golden Knights, the first ever ser- game in series history between the St. Louis Blues and the Los, not Los, not, just uh, never Los, just Vegas Golden Knights, the worst, like, rollout of a team name in BGK. history. Ugh, gross. Uh, <laughs> I like the team. I'm really loving watching them succeed, but just barf. Um, a 3-2 overtime loss to the Knights. Uh, we... Outshot the team heavily, very mm-hmm. heavily. Double, double shots. And I think then the most lopsided of the season for sure. Um, for us at least, yeah. yeah. Um, we'll go through the scoring rundown really quick. Uh, Magnus Payarvi eventually scored a goal that was uh, also that was originally credited to Sunquist, who did all the work, but Payarvi got to steal the credit because it was a wraparound anyway, and so. Pay Arby deserved the credit because that's his type of goal, even though Sunquist did it. But yeah, so it was Pay Arby in the score sheet scored, assisted by Sunquist and Brodziak. Uh, Pay Arby's first goal and Sunquist's first assist and point, and uh, Brodziak's first point, but he had a goal, I'm pretty sure, before that. Yeah. Um, 
So that we opened the scoring uh, in the first period, and then the second period, the knights roared back. I guess rode back. What do knights do? Speared I, back. I mean, they could ride Joust back. I suppose back. they could be cavalry. Um, they somethinged back. <laughs> uh, Riley Smith scored his second goal of the season, assisted by Miller and uh, William Carlson, old Bill Carlson, who's the real. Uh, superstar of this game, if you will, not to be confused with the aforementioned Eric Carlson uh, because they are related in no way that I am aware of. But he scored, he assisted uh, Smith's goal, and then Connor Miller uh, scored his first goal of the season, assisted by Hunt and Smith. And uh, that was the end of the second period. And then the third, Petrangelo tied it fairly late, I want to say. Kind of I on think the, it was on the five was minutes a power left. play sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I remember I, I wrote a lot of notes for this game and then could, can't find them. So, story of my life. Uh, that was his <laughs> third goal of the season with assists by Schwartz and Shen, which is just a, probably a stat line we've seen a lot yeah. this year. Those three These guys. Stats line are getting boring. Um, Schwartz is seventh and Shen's fifth. And then in overtime, uh, first of all, Schwartz had a goal that he somehow couldn't quite bury in that at the end of the game uh, on a basically empty net with like 30 seconds left. That's behind the goalie. And then uh, Bill Carlson scored his first of the season, um, assisted by Miller again, who had points on all of these goals, and Hunt's, Hunt, who had points on two of the goals. And I don't know any of these people, but they've made a pretty good team. Uh, <laughs> so the, the Knights won the first game in series history. Uh, as we mentioned, I think storylines from this game, lots of shots and very few goals for the Blues. Um, it was disturbing how many shots. <laughs> I'm just assuming that's on the list. I can't see the list. but I'm sure disturbing is uh, a Halloween term. Yeah, 49 to 22, uh, as I may have mentioned before. F- almost 50 shots and two goals, even despite yeah. a goalie switch, because yeah. Malcolm Subban got hurt late in the third. Pulled his own ground. Um, after he played an amazing game, it may have just been a cramp. You know, it may have <laughs> just been overwork. Um, I hope he's all right in the short term, because they already lost Flurry. Um, but yeah. Dance, dance looked good when he came in, too. Yeah, not a lot of great shots. I don't think it was a lot of high-quality scoring opportunities, but certainly on 49 shots, you want more than two goals. Mm-hmm. Um and you want to allow less than three on 22 shots against. I'd love to know how often uh, Vegas gets outshot, even though they've they've been on a really good streak. I'm just wondering if their defense isn't overly great and they're relying a lot Always. on them. Always. Yeah. I'm going to guess it's a good chunk of the time. They have a lot of, like, the lesser guy on a second pairing type defenseman. Yeah. They have a lot of Carl Gunnarsons <laughs> on that team. And you know what? Just like Carl Gunnarsson, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. They do not have an Alex Petrangelo, though, on either side of the ice. Um, Yeah, I think another thing I noticed that was just kind of a cool slash uh, overwhelming side effect of watching this game uh, was that the Knights were just a ferocious team Mm -hmm. on all parts of the... um, all parts of the ice, especially in the penalty kill. Mm -hmm. They were just really attacking and the boys didn't seem to know it doesn't help what our, to do with it yeah when our power play doesn't move the puck over like yeah fast. right and they were just really forechecking i mean forechecking is not the right word in that context but just skating mm-hmm. up on the puck holder and um really attacking hard and i think the boys didn't weren't prepared for that it didn't look like and 
uh, I don't know if that's a hallmark of Gerard Gallant's um, Gerard Gallant, mm-hmm. is that right? His coaching style, um, or if it's just how they prepared for us. I think a lot of it might have to even do with beyond the penalty kill. It's a bunch of, you know, second liners maybe at best, third liners, mm-hmm. you know, that have all come together, so they're a lot more in the physical aspect of the game that they're used to playing, a lot less skill. But I think also as a team that has zero expectations on it, you can just go out there and just kind of will yourself yeah, at people. Because if they go on if they go on a you know, crazy losing streak from here and just finish last, people might go, oh, that's too bad. But no one's like, Jesus, this team needs to figure it out, <laughs> yeah. you know, so they can just play loose. Yeah, that's pretty fair. Um, but with that said, despite having more expectations, <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing the boys play like that. No, that's for sure. Uh, the Blues special teams looked grisly in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, R.I.P. They were r- real bad. <laughs> um the PowerPoint ghosted us, I wrote in the notes. I was very high on the uh, Halloween terms. But yeah, the PowerPoint, uh, as a direct result of that ferociousness we were mentioning, didn't do anything, um, I, th- I think, at all. No, I uh, think if, I, if I'm pulling it up right... 0 for 4, maybe? Yeah, or, we were 0 for 4, yeah. and then we were only 1 for 3 0 for, um, on the penalty kill. Yeah, and two of the goals we allowed were on the penalty kill. Yeah. Um, you're going to have bad game. I don't want to make like a mountain out of a molehill here mm-hmm. in terms of like it has to be a big deal because well, you're going to have bad games. Well, we said before there were and a couple it, games we played where we got outshot and won. Right. And just by, you know, laws of, law of averages or whatever. Does that exist? Probably not. But <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have games where you outshoot the opponent and lose. Yeah, and this was certainly one of those. Um, I do think there were a couple of calls in overtime that were just – Missed. Uh, yeah, they buried the whistles pretty deep. Yeah. Um, in a tomb. <laughs> uh, there was one on Shin uh, in front of the net breakaway um, <laughs> where he tripped and did a triple sow cow uh, over into the boards. Uh, but he was tripped by a, a Knights defenseman pretty obviously. And, uh, yeah, he... It should have been a penalty shot, mm-hmm. I would say. Somebody else took it was Pareko or and then someone. I think it was Pareko yeah. got held pretty bad. Yeah, hooked. he pretty much got pulled down. Yeah, pretty bad. And uh, it was frustrating that they won. I mean, they won very shortly after the shin. I think it was the next push mm-hmm. up ice. Uh, but yeah, it was frustrating to see that. I think it led me to conspir- conspiracy. Uh, Put on a, your tin hats, folks. A little bit. I think. I've seen other people do this too, and I'm not. I'm not saying this is true. It was just an interesting thought. Of do you think the NHL could have just said, "Hey, as you said, you know, bury the whistles a little bit mm-hmm. when you're calling nights games, especially if it's late and close," because the NHL has an incentive to see this team thrive uh, quickly mm-hmm. and be good quickly, and obviously they structured the expansion draft in a way that this wasn't just going to be a garbage team. Yeah, like they've done other, a much better you know, job. Yeah. And and I'm all for that and they want to they want to expand further. So you would think they have incentive to see this team win. And in reality it's it's very possible that it's just a coincidence and it's nothing. Uh, some would even say probable. <laughs> uh, but I thought, I mean, 
what do you think about that conspiracy? C O N spiracy. They, the refs did seem to miss those. Like you said, I don't know if it's, you know, a real conspiracy, but it seems like if, yes, it is. <laughs> if you're going to pick Believe a me. team to do that with, it would definitely be the Knights. And it seems like good. Exactly. Re- I mean, I can see all the reasons they would it's do horrifying. it. It's <laughs> horrifying. But we only play them, I keep thinking we only play them twice or something weird, but we actually play them one more time in Vegas and then obviously at home too, mm-hmm. so three times. Yeah. Well, I, th- I guess we'll see what happens maybe if they start losing again. Like, I'd be interesting. That'd be really interesting actually to take a look at if they just start losing on, you know, the merits of their own uh-huh. craptasticness. <laughs> um, if, you know, refs just start calling things yeah. a lot more closely and they're like, well, we tried, but we can't keep this up. Right. I think... Here's the thing. I in reality, I, I don't think that's probably happening. But if it Ooh. were, I don't think I have a problem with it exactly. I don't know. If it's just like, <laughs> you know, because I mean, we talk all the time about in higher stakes moments. You know, in the playoffs, they're often told to, you know, it's very assumed that they'll bury the whistle a little bit mm-hmm. and let people play through. It's talked about casually. Um, when you're talking about just calling penalties less strictly, that's not even really cheating or fixing a game. You know, it's just giving a little more leeway that the referees have. Um, The reality of this game is whether or not those penalties are called, we shot 49 times and scored two goals. And if we'd scored three goals, we would have won. So whether or not those calls were missed, whether they were intentionally ignored... The reality is that this loss is on the Blues far more than it would be on the league or the officials or the um, Golden Knights. Uh, so the conspiracy thing's kind of a joke because it's creepy Just and it's Halloween. Uh, but in reality, if that were even the case, I don't know that I mind it, especially if it were a thing like, uh, you know, for the first 20 games or something. It's like, just give them a win or two, you know? Or just, like, <laughs> let them get some wins under their belt. And it, as it turns out, they're a much better team than I think anyone expected. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just an interesting thing to think about. And it's even more interesting to kind of be like, would I care? Like, if they came out and told me, would I be like... Integrity, Steve. Part of me would be like, eh, that's kind of screwy. But part of me would be like, I don't really care. Like, you should you should beat an expansion team, right? So, like, <laughs> the ball's already in your court. But we, wanna, but, we don't want to stack the deck in yeah, their favor. Yeah. That's not Halloween. That's just Vegas terms no, Yes, now. exactly. You don't, Spooky. The dealer always wins. The house always wins. Uh, and they won... On last, what was it, Saturday? Yeah. It was a big um, gap between that and this next game. Yeah. I, I forget. I was mentioning this to you the other day. I forget how frustrating hockey season can be for that. Because, like, uh, the, I, I mean, I'm in St. Louis. We're in St. Louis. I love baseball. You don't as much. But you're, like, <laughs> you know, you're generally yeah. a Cardinals supporter. I agree. I just wish you would have left it at you don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but... Yeah, I mean, the thing about baseball is if you, like, wear an ugly loss, you're usually getting back at it the next night. Mm-hmm. And at the very most, it's the night after that, you know? Mm-hmm. Whereas in hockey, you wear an ugly loss on Saturday, and you're not playing again until Wednesday. And it's like, well, will our crappy power play carry over, or will yeah. it not? 
Yeah, and to your point, though, about baseball, I think that's a lot of the reason that the Blues always start on the road a lot more to mm-hmm. begin the season. And then there are also big gaps between games as a lot because they have the expectation the Cardinals will at least be competitive that's and possibly make I've the playoffs. I've never thought about that, but that I, makes sense. This is not so much conspiracy. conspiracy. I, really, I really do think that's the case no, because... They just don't want your only two teams competing for it'd your be, sports dollar. It'd be interesting to see if, see if like, the Bruins and the, you yeah. know. Do you think they did that when the Rams were here? They no, didn't care. No. <laughs> Nobody cared about the Rams, and with good reason. But now they're good, and they've left us. This is, we're going to interrupt this regularly yeah, yeah, scheduled programming for a rant. That team sucked. For 15 years, they sucked. And I'll admit, they gave me some of the greatest memories of my childhood, Aww. watching the great, greatest show on turf with Kurt Warner and Isaac Bruce and yeah. Marshall Falk and Tori Holt and Orlando Pace, and I could keep going. And so, in a way, fine that they sucked. But that team, like, not <laughs> like they were bad. You know, it's not like mm. the New Jersey Devils have been kind of gross for a decade. It's like they were, they had the worst stretch of football in the history of professional football teams by losing streak. And then they leave us, which was all, that was a conspiracy. And (laughs) that's another episode. And now they're in Los Angeles and they finally hire a new coach that's not Jeff Fisher. And they're good all of a sudden. They have the audacity to not only be okay, but good. (laughs) It makes me angry. And one of the reasons it makes me angry is like, it's like a jilted ex-lover sort of like checking up on social media thing where it's like, um, I hate that team, but also how are they doing? And also uh-huh. have they asked about me? And also <laughs> are they with my friends sort of thing? Like you're watching a game and it's like, yeah, screw you, Cronky, lose Rams. And then Todd Gurley will bust off a run and you'll be like, but I love Todd Gurley. <laughs> Come so back. that's my rant about the blue, uh, the Rams being good. So thank, two you minute for, minor. thank you for tuning in to that two-minute minor, our patented ranting segment. It wasn't a five-minute major, it's a two-minute minor. Um, yes, moving on to something much less rant-worthy. Uh, the Blues destroyed the Calgary Flames. Did I sound weird enough when I said destroyed? <laughs> that sounded um, like a crazy Dr. Frankenstein yeah, sort of sound. Destroyed. Um, That's what he sounded like. Uh, <laughs> but they heavily, heavily beat. I don't. I'm, it's off the rails now. The <laughs> Calgary Flames were defeated by the St. Louis Blues by a score of five to two in St. Louis at the Scott Trade. Center. I almost said arena, which would have sounded weird. Uh, the, <laughs> the scoring opened up. Oh boy, uh, it's late. Um, the scoring opened up. Mikhail Mikhail Backlund scored first for the Flames. His third goal of the season, assisted by Little Walt Matthew Kachuk, which is you not okay. Yeah, you can't say uh, that. But I heard Pang or J.K. say it uh, with his fourth assist of the season, and Travis Hamanick with his first assist of the season. And we were looking at him as kind of an interesting aside because he was a big trade ship this summer. And do you think he's disappointing the Flames fans so far because he has, like, a goal and an assist through eight or nine games? I, um, looking at his stats, I thought he was supposed to be an offensive defenseman, and he doesn't really he doesn't really have many points any year. He had 33 as the most. He's kind of injury-ridden, riddled um, throughout his career. So I, I don't know what the big fuss was about when he was <laughs> up to be traded from the Islanders. He was, was definitely a very popular trade ship, though. Well, it's very, yeah. 
it's very confusing, and I'm trying to look up this uh, this trade because I'm trying to figure out what they got for him because I think it was quite the haul for what he is. Granted, I don't watch Travis Hamanick or the Islanders or the Flames all that much, so maybe I'm you know he's something that I'm not seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, he was traded to the Calgary Flames from the New York Islanders on whatever Saturday of last so this past year, yada yada, for a first round pick in 2018 and two second round picks. That guy. Why? Good for you, Islanders. Good for you. Maybe this is one of those things where we just don't know talent well enough. But, I mean, I think he's a fine defenseman, but is he a first round and two second round picks good? They are paying him sub four mil. It's like 3.85. So that's a pretty good deal in this day and age. I don't know. Uh, It strikes me as suspect. Uh, Spooky. <laughs> Find another word quick. Uh, Canadian fans, you know, are very forgiving and patient, so it should oh, be okay. no problem for him in uh, Calgary, where the fans' reactions will be macabre. They're not gonna come at him with pitchforks. That's a Halloween <laughs> term, I guess. It's on the list. There's also owl lady. Owl lady, like as one word. Owl lady. No, it's two words. Like a cat woman. An owl lady? Oh, you know, the lady down the street with all the owls. You've heard about that. That's a hey, classic kids. Halloween tale. Hey, kids, you want them fun-sized candy bars? You gotta go to the owl lady. <laughs> you know, down the street. She's just covered in bird Covered poop. your eyes, though, because she gets a little peckish <laughs> in the evenings. <laughs> yeah, oh, that was a play on the word peck. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> so the second goal... Of the night. We've got to extend this thing anyway because it's already going to be too short. <laughs> It'll be our shortest podcast ever with only two games. Uh, was scored by Alexander Steen, uh, who will be the star and story of this game uh, with his first goal of the season after being back for three or four games now. Uh, assisted by Saboka's seventh and Stastny's sixth assist. Uh, the second period... Did I say something? No, weird? no. I'm just <laughs> okay. reading this Halloween list. Oh, uh, what'd you find? What's on there that's... Mausoleum? Mausoleum. That's a good one. Uh, second period scoring opened up by our old friend Jaden Schwartz. What a fine fellow he is. Seventh He's a goal. warlock. <laughs> Tarasenko's fifth and uh, Steen's first assist. Petrangelo then scored his fourth goal with Shin's sixth and Steen's second assist. Uh, and Backlund then scored to make it 3-2 to two. On a very, uh, basically, Jake Allen scored for the Flames. <laughs> uh, he went behind the net and then just kind of toppled for no yep. real reason. And what I do think was interesting is that Froelich and Kachuk and then ultimately uh, Backlund got the puck in front of and in the net, like, so fast. Yeah. As you mentioned, the Blues would not have done well, the would have fanned on a pass. It would have gotten there just in time and would have hit the post. Yeah, for sure. And, like, with lock, like, diving. Oh, yeah. To oh. Make, basically make the stop. So it looked bad, but the good news is that the Blues bounced back in the third. Uh, Stastny scored a really kind of a sniper sort of goal over the goalie's opposite mm-hmm. shoulder. Uh, his fourth of the season. He's looked real good in this contract year, which is kind of frustrating. I don't know when players <laughs> underperform and then they're like, oh, yeah, contract year. Better, you know, mm-hmm. make my money. It's kind of like, yeah, but we knew you win. Um, <laughs> Steen got his third assist of the game and of the uh, year, and Pareko got his third of the game. And then Joel Edmondson buried an empty netter. 
uh, second goal of the season. Shin and Tarasenko assisted him. And that was a pretty good goal, too. It kind of careened to him weirdly, but mm-hmm. he buried it home really well. Um, it's a goal scorer's goal. Yeah, and he's a classic goal-scoring well, player. When you think goals, I, I think Joel I can't quite profile Edmondson. Joel Edmondson, because he did have that streak in the playoffs where he was like, Red hot mm-hmm. as a as a you know point sheet sort of guy, but I would think of him as more of a like defenseman, mm-hmm. defensive defenseman. He's looked good with Petrangelo while Bomeister's been out. Yeah, I think I wouldn't be surprised to see that continue. Yeah, uh, you don't want to mess like with that. Petrangelo's mojo right now, anyway. Uh, and maybe he'll say, "Yeah, give me back Bowie. I need more no. of them slap passes." <laughs> but uh, we'll see. I think Bowie. Actually, we should talk for about Bowie for a minute because I think his. Uh, recovery is going much slower than was initially expected. Yeah, wasn't it like a three-week eva- yeah, I mean, reevaluation? When, when both he and Steen went out, they were both slated to be reevaluated in three weeks, and Steen basically was and then returned to action. And I think Bowie's thing is, I don't know if it's drastically more, drastically more serious, but it's going to be much more serious than Steen's. One of the big differences is that Steen's was a hand, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Bowie's is an ankle, so he can't skate this whole time. Um, and so his recovery will take longer even when he's cleared to return because he won't have been skating. He won't have the conditioning. Uh, but I do think that generally, I got this impression from an interview I heard with uh, Rutherford earlier today that, yeah, it's taking a lot longer. They're worried there might be some tendon damage there. Um, I don't know how serious it is, and hopefully it's not majorly serious, but I also think we're doing kind of fine without him. Yeah. So, um, not, like, good riddance Bowmeister or anything, but uh, just an interesting aside to talk about. So, How much longer is on his contract? year this year and next i think okay. he's got one more it year. might just be good it, this might be a blessing in disguise just in the sense like you said we kind of get a look yeah. of what this team is without him possibly get out. <laughs> <laughs> um there's a that's a halloween term get out um that, <laughs> that jordan peele movie that was mm. halloweeny i know what you were talking movie. about but i was just thinking of like telling kids to get out of your house <laughs> Do you not say that to kids? That's a normal St. Louis thing. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the Blues in this game got off to a very sluggish start, I think. Um, you were there live. We mm-hmm. failed, we neglected to mention that yet, that this was the first uh, game of your season ish ticket pack. Yeah, my quarter season um, tickets. What did you think of, what were your live impressions of the new arena updates and. Things well, of that nature. Oh, that's all old hat. I'd seen that before. <laughs> You'd uh, seen it, but not like really yeah. action. That was nice. I mean, like we, like they kind of alluded to when I'd been the first time for the open house that they had improved the sound system because I'd seen the Jumbotron. It's big. Um, mm. But the sound system's really nice and crisp. And like, I swear the lighting, I guess, is newer because it looks super bright in there. But the game, I mean, from my eyes in the stands, I'm up up on the, the second level behind where the Blues shoot twice because God knows I'm not sitting behind where they shoot once. <laughs> Waste of money. Um, but they, they looked slow to begin with, and I swear every game I go to, so sorry for the other 11 games, they always start slow. <laughs> they always do. And I kind of understand this one because it's after a long uh, road trip, so they tend to be a little sluggish, like, ah, back home, you know, home yeah. cooking or whatever, and they're like, oh, crap, i got to play hockey. <laughs> So, exactly the thought process. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, where am crap. I? <laughs> but uh, 
I went with my dad, and he'd mentioned when uh, Backlund scored that first goal, that I was like, man, we just we'd look slow. It was all the passes were like completely in people's skates or just behind them. Mm-hmm. They weren't playing up to speed, but it was nice. Actually, I think that first goal was kind of a blessing in disguise because after that we looked great and just kind of kicked them into high gear. I think that Shen Schwartz lines looks really good. I thought Tarasenko looked slightly out of place on it. Not that Shen's really much of a playmaker anyways. I think the conclusion is that Vladimir Tarasenko's not good at hockey. He's just not very good. Yeah, it's all been stats. We already talked about Petrangelo's very good, <laughs> Tarasenko not very good. <laughs> I'd like to see him back with Stasny. I've seen people say they don't look like they have a lot of chemistry, but I think Stasny is most certainly a pass-first kind of guy. And I think Shen and Schwartz... Stasny is in the stone. He has chemistry with everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just did, I never saw that didn't have chemistry. Maybe when compared to, I don't know if we dare say it when compared don't, to Latera. Oh, maybe you went there. We haven't said the name maybe, all year. Maybe Tarasenko had more more chemistry with Yori, but that was the only thing Yori had. He went he went into this first game. It was like game seven for the Flyers last week. Or, oh, that was his first game. Yeah, in. and he it was a one nothing loss for the Flyers, and he was a minus one. <laughs> so, <laughs> that pretty much sums it up. Not that that like defines mm. his game, as I already mentioned. I hate plus minus to begin with, but it does seem like mm. you're in the Terry. <laughs> I'd like I'd like to see Tarasenko back on the top line. I mean, they're both kind of top lines, mm. but line with Stasny and Steen, and maybe put Saboko on the the right wing of uh, Shen. I don't know. Yo said that he kind of likes to load lines up at home because he gets last change. So mm-hmm. he kind of gets to dictate who's going where or who matches up against who. But I'd like to see the stats of the Steen, Stasny, Tarasenko line because that's been a line before, and I think they've been fairly productive. I just think it's nice because Stasny gets two options. Steen's not really a passer either. I mean, Tarasenko's practically more of a passer than Steen. So you get two offensive options on your wing mm-hmm. for a guy that loves to pass. Like a guy that can't shoot, despite the fact that he scored a goal tonight. <laughs> um, not that he can't shoot, but yeah, I thought they looked good. Third line uh, was it existed, which <laughs> is a plus in its own right because they didn't look bad. Yeah, what did you think about the debut of, if you will, of Bo Bennett? He didn't get hurt, so that's good. <laughs> uh, what an he, incredibly low standard we've he, set for for Bo. He gets hurt a lot. He's yeah, he's fragile. Glass. Good lord. Yeah, this dog out here is dying. There's a, there's a dog howling outside. We did not that's, set that up for Halloween. I think it's being murdered. That's though. the ghost of Bo Bennett. <laughs> but I, the that line I noticed the most, actually, in that they were able to... I noticed the most in the offensive zone, I should say, not compared to other lines, but whether or not this third line was in the offensive or defensive zone. I saw more in the O-zone. Yeah. And I think a lot of that had to do with... Pay Harvey is like the most noticeable one because yeah. almost anyone on this team, when he gets the puck on a stick, he just goes for it. And it's like the most... He's a very Golden Knights player, really. It's the most <laughs> frustrating player to watch just from a sense of like, man, he is whipping by people. And it's almost like he doesn't and know he can stop. And then you know stop. he's just going to wrap around. Yeah. He goes, this is how I slow down. I don't think he knows how to stop. I think that's why he goes around the net. He's got to like burn off that speed. That's probably it. And he goes, and this the only way I can score behind the net is to wrap exactly. it up. <laughs> exactly. Um, I think... Uh, oh, and Nate Prosser looked tiny. Did he? Yeah. I forgot he even played in this game, which I guess is good if you're a seventh defenseman. Yeah. There was no point where I was like, gee, darn Nate it, Prosser. Prosser off the ice. Uh, Jeremy Rutherford kind of sardonically said something about 
Bennett. Like Bennett has shown up more in this game than he did in all of training camp. Yeah. Sardonic. That's a big word. Is that one of them is Halloween that? words? Probably not. Mm, um, so. <laughs> but yeah, so I think Bennett looked fine. I think he'll probably get in the next game and mm-hmm. they'll keep seeing what they I, have. The with lineup him. looked good. Obviously they won five two, so yeah, I think you're right. They'll stick with what yeah. they got for now. Uh Steen, obviously we touched on it, but that's kind of the big story of this game. Four points, goal, three assists. Mm. Uh if he could do that every night for my fantasy team, that'd be great. Uh, I had him on my bench last night because I forgot to set my lineup. There were only like two games in hockey. Uh, but yeah, so I want, I have kind of mixed emotions about Alex Dean. I kind of want his contract gone, but I'd also love for him to be a really like his top self again, but mm-hmm. I don't know if that's attainable. I think you could hope for maybe like a 50 point season yeah. out of Steen at this point. But if he can do that and be defensively reliable, yeah, we're still not a good like two way forward him sort of yeah. thing, or at least not drastically. So that was good to see. And I'm just like, I don't know, like weirdly, even though I I kind of get the feeling that he's not like a, a wildly likable guy because it's pretty obvious he was the independent <laughs> contractor that uh, Armstrong infamously talked about last year when Hitch got fired, which I think was probably more on Hitch than anything. Uh, but anyway, a happy Alex Steen to me is, like, just joyous. I don't know if it's the, mm. the tooth gap or the nose or what it is. But He's like, got a little kid smile. Watching him in the interviews with, like, Pang and everything is just, yeah, I guess the little kid smile is the best description. He mm. really just looks so gleeful. Um, we said last week that the Blackhawks game was our best game of the season. I think this game might have surpassed it in some ways. Yeah, I think uh, overall. What really I loved about it, uh, not to cut you off, sorry, was no, that fine. I think um, we kind of counteracted some of the problems that I've seen with the team in general, which is slow start, right, you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And we went behind early, which can often be the death knell. Yeah, it doesn't happen a lot to the Blues team. this yeah. season. Um, but not only did we tie it, but then we took a lead and then we added on to the lead. So we made it 2-1 and then we made it 3-1. But from there, there was a very, like, shaky, gimmicky goal that could have very... I mean, easily could have been like, oh, crap, and just yeah. let the floodgates open sort of thing. But instead of doing that, we held on for intermission. And then we came out and just dominated the third. We didn't turtle at all. We scored two goals, one on an empty net, granted, which... I don't. I guess it was four two, not four one at that point. But mm-hmm. yeah, I just think I think the not turtling is the big thing. And in case I I think this is obvious, but maybe it's not obvious. We use the word turtle to describe like at the end of any Blues game since <laughs> Ken Hitchcock took over, where you just kind of withdraw into your shell defensively and play yeah, you're just very defensively out. responsible, but panic hockey and try to score empty netters from your own end all the time. <laughs> Just holding on for that one <laughs> one goal win. Um, and we didn't do that. We haven't done that as much in the last few games. And I don't think that's Mike Yo's thing. So I think he's maybe trying to train out a Hitchcock tendency. We do seem like we're trying to get it down the ice more, yeah. whether or not it, it seems to be working. I can't imagine Hitch behind the bench after that Jake Allen flub. Not to not to go on too much of a, a <laughs> he would've, side note. He would have hooked him for sure. Well, so that's the whole he thing. He would have gotten the old vaudevillian Yeah, yank. well, that's the whole thing. So there was a game, I don't know who Dallas was playing recently, where Bishop allowed two, maybe three goals early on. Mm-hmm. 
and he got yanked. And Bishop went on saying like openly after the game that he still felt fine. He didn't think they were it was necessarily a problem. I don't know. Maybe it was you know defensive uh, you know collapse around him or something mm-hmm. like that. But he, he can't go out and put his defense on blast. Yeah, exactly. So he, he thought he could he could stay in there. And then Hitch pretty much counteracted the next day, counterattacked, and was like, you know, it was more or less him saying, well, I thought we needed that jolt, and that's what we needed, and that's the route I took, and I'm going to take that route every time. And it just sounded like, man, you just can't teach that dog new tricks. You can't. He, and it the, doesn't change. It was super annoying to hear when he was here, because every th- year he would say, he's like, he went, he would talk to a bunch of young coaches over the summer, uh-huh. and he's learned a few things, and it would last for like two games. Uh-huh. And he'd go straight back to whatever Ken Hitchcock was doing, and it's, it's from 1999. Yeah. It's frustrating, because it's not like, uh, to go back to the earlier conversation, yeah. it's not like Jeff Fisher, where it's like, wow, this guy had one season that was good, and for some reason they've just kept giving him coaching jobs for 15 years. Yeah. Like, with Hitchcock, he's got a sustained record of success. Mm -hmm. But some of his, you know, Achilles heels, if you will, have always been his Achilles heels. Yeah, he hasn't recovered those up at all. I don't, you know, we don't want to make this the Hitchcock show, but we've got a little space to fill. I do think... I'm just curious. Do you think like Dallas fan, Dallas uh, players were just miserable when they heard like Ken Hitchcock's your new coach, or do you think like they were excited? Like it's weird because you know he's an a hole. You have. To. I mean, the the news is out, right? Like there's no way. Cats out of the bag. I don't know if Quinberg is he Swedish too, or is he one of them other Norwegians? I think he's Swedish. Uh, but he's probably talking to Steen, and you know they're saying how bad they hate Hitchcock. Maybe it's a Swedish thing, but like, (laughs) you know, he's going to improve your team, but at what cost (laughs) has to kind of be your thinking. And I don't, I hope they run up to Jim Nail and the GM (laughs) office. They're like, but at what cost Jim, at what cost? (laughs) But you know, I mean, you know that as much as he can say, it's not about Bishop. We needed the jolt. That doesn't do anything for bishops. Yeah. That's what I mean. That's kind of the whole thing is he never, I don't want to say I want a coach to coddle players, yeah. But at least kind of be on their, I don't know, their side or be like, oh, yeah, I understand what he meant. There's never a moment where no Hitch is just like a coach uh, on in a mountain. History, yeah. Hitch has never made a decision that shows the player's personal good at the expense of the moment in the game. Mm-hmm. Like never in history. That's about the win only, which is I can kind of respect, mm-hmm. but it just gets grating after yeah, a while. No wonder after five years that half of the Blues Anyways, really yeah. disliked him. But yeah, moving on from that, we're not turtling anymore, or we seem to be moving away from it, which is... Praise be. Um, <laughs> praise be. Uh, to the devil, because it's Halloween. Yes, exactly. And that's like a Wiccan... Thing That's anyway, a witch right? thing, right? Yeah, right. I don't know a lot about witches. <laughs> so moving on to uh, the tweet of the week, the terrifying tweet of the week. We've filled an hour, so go us. Would you say it's morbid? Um, morbid, I would. Is Why it, don't you reel off a couple? Is it got... shadowy? Yes. Frightening? Undoubtedly. Is it jack-o'-lantern-esque? Yes. Is that a Will-esque? Or no, just I mean, it just says jack-o'-lantern, but it's probably death. Yeah, that's true. That's probably true. That's a good one. That's a good Halloween <laughs> <laughs> word. Death. Mausoleum and death. Uh, 
We're going to give dual tweets of the week. Uh, the aforementioned Jeremy Rutherford, Rutherford tweet is actually also kind of on this conversation, but I liked his sarcasm from last night more uh, when people were... There was a lot of complaints, which really frustrates me for its for its own sake, uh, about the Astros game the or the World Series game, which is between the Astros in Houston and the Dodgers in Los Angeles. And it was being played in Los Angeles. And there were a lot of East Coast personalities being like, why is this game so late? Which means start time at 8, right? Because mm-hmm. it started at 7 here. Which means it's already starting at Five. Five in Los Angeles, which is a horrid pain in the butt for Los Angeles traffic, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, You're taking a half day to get yeah, there. Yeah, it's just so obnoxious. I'm not, I don't want to rant on this too much, but it's obnoxious for East Coast people who aren't involved to be like, this should be yeah. earlier. Um, <laughs> so so Rutherford counted, the, counted this by saying, I don't understand why baseball people think it's late. If this were NHL playoffs, Blues would be dropping the puck at Scott Trade in 15 minutes. And he tweeted this at 9, 12 p.m. yesterday. He's not wrong. And yeah, that is a specific reference to the fact that in our series against the Wild, which is two central teams, we started several games at like 8.30 or later for no reason. Um, so that was good. And then the other one I really liked was uh, someone retweeted the gif of Shen being twipped, tri- twipped, twipped, <laughs> twipped and twipped, uh, tripped uh, before the penalty or before the game-winning goal from the Knights and uh, they said, FYI, this happened moments before they scored. The Knights scored to win in OT. And uh, then somebody else replied, can someone tell me how there were no penalties called on this play? Uh, and several people, he t- tagged several people, but among them Cam Jansen, and said, honest thoughts? And Cam resp- responded, I'm too hungover to get mad at this again, <laughs> which I thought was the perfect encapsulation of Las Vegas in one tweet. So they win the terrifying tweets of the week. Do you have any more Halloween thoughts or words for us before we sign off? Darkness. Darkness, <laughs> which is what you'll hear after this. Yuri Laterra, by the way, real quick, because I looked this up. Four mm. games played, one assist, and a na- minus three on the plus minus, and three shots. Mm. Less than a shot per game. Uh, I wish Yori well in the abstract, but I also want him to prove that how horrible that contract was. So it's He's kinda... about as good as a cadaver. <laughs> Perfect. And what a way to end it. Uh, <laughs> we'll be back next, probably Friday, because uh, Ian and maybe me are going to the game separately. Because we don't actually like each other. This but, is a very like Penn and Teller esque um, sort of thing. We do not hang out yeah, in between no, the podcasts. It's just uh, the two. It's all us. business. Um, but yeah, uh, we will be back probably Friday, as I said. Until then, happy Halloween. Uh, go watch Stranger Things, which drops in oh, the show. Uh, 114 minutes. And <laughs> good night. Goodbye. <laughs>